Lucha-Masks.com by Pro Wrestling Revolution. Bringing you, in partnership with Masked Republic, the Lucha Brothers, as well as Japanese legend, Ultimo Dragon. Go to Lucha-Masks.com and fight Lucha Strong with masks from your favorite Lucha legends and Pro Wrestling Revolution luchadores. Stay safe in style and represent your favorite luchador. Get yours now at lucha-masks.com, powered by Pro Wrestling Revolution. You are listening to the Lucha Central Podcast Network. And now, luchacentral.com presents Straight Out of the Bodega with King Fatboy Papo Esco. From the wrestling world of the podcast world, it's Straight Out of the Bodega with your host, the King Fat Boy Papo Esco. You have arrived, pulled up. Welcome to another edition of Straight Out of the Bodega. I mean, man, edition after edition, episode after episode, whatever you want to call it, man. This train ain't stopping. We here, man. We got we got our flag in the sand. We ain't going nowhere. But anyway. I am your master of ceremonies, the bully from the bodega, the lucha thug, the one-man lucha gang, El Rey Gordo himself, the king fat boy, Papo Esco, and as always, we're gonna take you on this ride, a ride through the blocks, back alleys, and street corners of the bodega, we're gonna give you everything you need, that's pro wrestling and entertainment, as always, I'm ready, and I damn sure know you're ready, so why don't you take a seat? Pour up your favorite drink and let's ride. I want to take this time right now. I did it the last podcast, but we were kind of in the middle of it and we're still in Father's Day season. So I have a father on and I want to talk to him about Father's Day and what that means to him. I got my co-host, my partner in crime, Gabriel Romero. What's up, Papo? You know, uh, happy Father's Day to you, brother. Yeah, I mean, I, I I never thought, you know, growing up that Duh. I would actually be a father, man. You know, I didn't know how to be one. You know, for me, I said this before, you know, I didn't right. grow up with no pop, you know. Um, so I, I have the fondest clue on how to be one, you know. But, I mean, I want to ask you, man, you know, what what, is, what does it mean? You know, I mean, you got two babies. You know, what does it mean to be a father to you and, and, and just watching them grow and helping them be, you know, nurtured and, and loved and, 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 and hopefully become successful adults, you know, as they grow older? It's, man, it's, it's everything. It's absolutely everything um, to... Uh to have a little one in your arms, you know, and be scared out of your mind thinking, how am I going to protect this, this thing in my arms? Like how, you know, I don't want no one to touch it. I want no one to hurt it. I, you know what I mean? I, I want to take all pain away from this thing. You know, I don't, I don't want, you know, I, it's, it's, it's scary. One of the scariest things I've ever had to do in my life, you know, um, you know, but at the same time, you know, uh, after you have your first child, you know, and you become a parent for the second time, things get easier as far as getting comfort levels. But being a father, you know, uh, it's, man, it's everything, you know. It's like, uh, you know, watching your kid go from, you know, infant to crawling to going to school, heartbreaks, you know, victories, you know, all these things. It's, it's, it's the greatest thing ever. You know, and also very heartbreaking because, you know, I have two daughters and one is much older now 
and I don't get to see her as much as I would want to and so on. So that part hurts, you know, um, from being a father to raising one and one leaving the, the nest. And then you have one still here with me who starts high school pretty soon. Um, it's, it, it's a crazy feeling, man. You know I mean? For, we're responsible for, um, for these kids and, um, and I, I, I relish every moment I can, you know, to be part of their lives. And, you know, I, I, you know, I can't say that my father wasn't in my life. Um, but I didn't, I, I, I had a father, but I didn't have a dad, if that makes any sense. Yeah. You know, um, my does, father was, you know, he made sure there was food on the table and you had somewhere to live and so on. But I didn't have that dad who wanted to watch a TV show with me. I mean, I remember, uh, well, my oldest one, um, I used to watch, I used to watch some of her, uh, uh, MTV shows, you know, the Hills. And I was like, what the Hills? Like, what is this? I can't watch this dad. You gotta watch it with me, please, dad. So there I was, you know, watching the Hills. And then when they made a comeback, you know, uh, I forgot when it was, I texted her, Hey baby, the Hills is coming back. You know what I mean? And it, it's it's just cool, you know. Um, to this day, I still sit down in front of the TV and watch SpongeBob with my youngest. And sometimes all three of us watch SpongeBob. And my wife's like, you guys are insane. But, you know, <laughs> being a being a father, man, it's just, to me, it's to me, it's everything, man. Uh, I, 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 I will I will forever relish laying in bed and having kids jump into your bed and waking you up because they want to go to the mall or want to go do something, man. So for me, you know. Man, it's 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 everything, you know. It, uh, it, it's everything. Yeah, man. It's it's and you said, you know, just like sitting down. Like I used to sit down with my kids, you know, and I still do to this day, you know, and watch the different shows that they like and kind of get involved in the shows that they like for the just for the sake of me letting them know yeah. that I'm here for them and I and I I want to I want to be in in their life and you know that those moments, man, they they last a lifetime, man. So you know, I I just want to say, you know, I wanted to bring you on to talk about your perspective of Father's Day, you know, and I wanted to say to you, man, Happy Father's Day because I, I you know I've been with you for a, a while you know i've seen you interact with your with your kids and i see the beautiful father that you are and i see the the way that you work hard to to, to bring them up and i just want to say man you know this is your day you know take a bow you know you've definitely earned it let's eat up all the barbecue let's let's hug our kids and let's have a no have absolutely a, a brother same to you day. enjoy your doordash enjoy your net <laughs> enjoy your netflix <laughs> yeah. and yeah <clears throat> and enjoy your family <clears throat> because it won't be long before uh they're going to be uh, grown and having their kids and, and we're going to miss all these opportunities that we have now. So, you know, uh, happy Father's Day to you. I see how much you love your kids, how you put your kids first over everything in life as you should, you know, so happy Father's Day to you um, from the bottom of my heart. And obviously to everyone out there, you know, uh, especially a big shout out to Kevin Kleinrock. Um, happy Father's Day to you, brother. Uh, you are an inspiration, you know, so on many levels. So happy Father's Day to you and everyone listening, you know, and especially happy Father's Day to all the single mothers out there who don't have a father in their, you know, for their kids and a, a mom who has to play both parts. Happy Father's Day to you as well. Uh, couldn't, have, couldn't have ended it better, man. Well, happy Father's Day to everybody. And we'll see you inside Boom. the interview. What's going on, everybody? Thank you. Thank you for pulling up to another edition of Straight Out of the Bodega. I mean, the reality is, man, you could be anywhere you are in the world, but you're right here with us listening, and we appreciate it. 
We appreciate you. We appreciate your loyalty and your support. You know, we want to keep growing this thing for you, man. We a brand new podcast, just getting our feet wet, just getting to know our way around the area. And, you know, we want to improve. We want to be one of the premier podcasts in the area. And, and we're going to do that only with you. So we need your feedback. Go to all our social media platforms. That's Instagram, straight out of the bodega. Facebook, straight out of the bodega. Twitter, at str 8 O-U-T-D-A-B-O-D-E-G-A And talk to us, man We talk back Let us know how we're doing Let us know who you want to hear on future episodes And uh, let us know what podcast platform you're using I mean, there's a lot of them out there It's like iHeartRadio, iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Podbay, Podbean, Spreaker um, there might be others that I don't know about And if you use them, let me know So I, so, so I can know I need, I need to be uh, informed But we appreciate y'all, man We hope that you continue to listen And, you know, we can keep this train rolling You know what I'm saying? But um, we got a great show for you today On today's show, we have Southern California residents Independent pro wrestling superstars Lucha Libre superstars uh, former Lucha Underground superstars Collectively they are known as the Lucha Homies We got Little Cholo and El Mariachi Loco coming on the show This is going to be a great conversation man These two dudes are some of the some of the most solid dudes that I know man And I'm glad to know them I respect these cats and I hope uh, that they just have all the success in the world So we're going to get right into that But before we do we're going to take it on over to the very, very sensational Denise Salcedo with Lucha Central Central. Hey everyone, it's Denise Salcedo here in Lucha Central Central with a look at all of the great shows available this week on the Lucha Central Podcast Network. Monday, it's the return of the Business of the Business Podcast and Mass Republic President Kevin Kleinrock sits down with groundbreaking wrestler and merch game changer Colt Cabana to talk about how he's consistently reinventing his own merchandising game, helping found the number one disruptor in pro wrestling merch history, pro wrestling tees, and much more. Tuesday, it's Mass, Mats, and Mayhem, the show that brings you back into and behind the scenes of Lucha Underground. This week, the show tackles the epic Season 1 ladder match and more. Also, on Tuesday, Wrestle Boss with Fabi Chulo, live, covering pro wrestling and MMA from 7 to 8.30 p.m. Pacific. This week's guests include Brujeria bassist and wrestling commentator Pat Poet, a.k.a. Larry Rivera, and UFC fighter Gustavo Lopez. Head to LuchaCentral.com to listen live or downloaded Wednesday across podcast platforms. Wednesday nights live on Facebook, it's Spanish show La Mesa de los Margaros, giving you both the news and the chisme from around the lucha world. This week, CMLL photographer Alexis Salazar will be stopping by to talk lucha dynasties, the media, and more. Thursdays, it's straight out of the bodega with Papo Esco. First, if you missed last week's interview with AEW star Jungle Boy Jack Perry, you owe it to yourself to go back and listen to it now. This week, the Lucha Homies pull up to the podcast to talk Lucha Libre training, Wrestling Society X, 
Lucha Underground, and more. On Friday, it's your double dose of Lucha Central weekly podcast. One in English, y el otro en español. This week, both shows dive into the question of if Vince McMahon's comparing of Angel Garza to Eddie Guerrero is going to be a good or a bad thing. The empty arena lucha shows that have taken place in the last week and more. Be sure to subscribe and follow all of your favorite Lucha Central Network series on your favorite podcast platforms. And please be sure to give a rating and review to help more fans find the shows that you love. For now, this is Denise Salcedo signing off from Lucha Central Central. Have a great week. Welcome, welcome. Welcome back to another edition of Straight Out of the Bodega. I'm your master of ceremonies, the King Fat Boy Papa Wesco. And as always, I have my partner in crime, my brother, El Jefe, owner and operator of Pro Wrestling Revolution, Gabriel Ramirez. How you doing, man? What's up, my brother? Uh, are we are we doing this remote? It sounds like we're at a bus station today. What the hell's going on? We're on lo- we're on location, oh, bro. We're on we're 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 maneuvering through the blocks. You know what I mean? It, it happens sometimes. <laughs> we'll be okay, though. We'll okay. be okay. We're at as long Greyhound. As everybody can hear. Yeah. yeah. Man, it's awesome. Well, I want to get right into it, man. We got a, I'm going to say it. I'm going to say it. We got a great show for you today. We got a great show. <sighs> the best ever. Um, the best show ever. <laughs> we're outdoing ourselves every single time. <laughs> so on the show today, we got some SoCal residents, Southern California residents. In my opinion, Ooh. Southern California superstars. Pro wrestling independent superstars, lucha libre superstars, lucha underground superstars. I mean, the the, the superstar goes on and on and on. But I want to introduce to the show today, Little Cholo and El Mariachi Loco. How you guys doing? What up? What up? What up? Yo, let me speak first. And then the fans goes first. Cholo always wants to put his shine in first. Let me let me say hello first. Okay. Okay. Then you. Okay. Okay. Then you get the heat, and then I always get the hot tag. It's all good. Go for it. Always the same. I already know the routine. You son of a you. (laughs) Hello, everyone. Hey, Gabe. Hey, Papo. What's up, loco? What's going on? Hey, how you guys? How you guys holding up, man? I mean, look, we're we're still in a pandemic. You know, we've all been sheltered in place for a while, and for us and our business, you know, we've been pretty much shut down, man. How you guys been? holding up what have you guys been doing to kind of stay in shape and really what what have you guys been doing to stay relevant um in these times because i know how easily people can forget us you know sometimes um we'll start with you local no dude dude i've been nothing but just instagramming (laughs) instagramming just posting and just selling shirts i get ideas and i just throw them out there really i mean i should be doing lives more like cholo does most of the time but uh, i've been just just hanging out bro just trying to just trying to stay positive because it's 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 been hard but i mean everything's good yeah yeah i yeah. started a puzzle that i've never i haven't finished but <laughs> <laughs> <What the hell? laughs> yeah see i've seen you guys on instagram you know posting on different you know levels of social media posting together separately i've seen a lot of little cholos uh you know, live live streams on Instagram. Cholo, what have, what have you been doing just to kind of hold up and keep saying through all this, man? You been good? Yeah, first and foremost, thanks for the invitation to the bodega. I've been waiting no for a long time. Hey, I'm I'm trying to get booked on the next it's show, bro. Happen. Leave me alone. Just tell you that. Oh. It's not going to happen. Tell him, Loco. Tell him how that shit works, bro. Tell him. 
They already got loco. They don't need solo. <laughs> hey, I think I think right. we can I think we can do a lucha horseman versus lucha homies match. I think uh, that can happen, Gabe. What do you think? <laughs> well, the thing about the lucha homies though, it's like you have you have loco, who's a hard up and coming luchador, you know, a hybrid. And then you got an aging veteran who needs just to like slowly, slowly bow out, you know. Well, <laughs> <laughs> uh, let's hey, that one. That one I'll I'll save for when I see you in person. Ay, Bobby, gracias, gracias. All right, here we go. Here we go. Speak, speaking of <laughs> no, but for, go ahead. No, but for real, for real. Uh, during this whole and you know just. You know, just another studying, a lot of uh, watching wrestling and, um, you know, uh, trying to create content for my YouTube channel. Uh, that's about it. You know, um, trying to stay somewhat in contact with local as much as we can. We haven't seen each other since this pandemic has started. So I know he's very frustrated. He misses me. He wants to hug me. He wants to be on the road with me. But, um, you know, there's nothing we can do right now. But uh, hopefully really? you're going to go out and say that. Who always call who, what, it, you it's the call truth. me? Are we with a merry? You right call now? me every single day. Hey, let's do a live. Hey, do this. So don't bullshit, man. You're the one who misses me. And and you, no, I, no, 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 no. Let's let's be real. Let's be real here. So guys, guys, me. guys. What what? So <laughs> let's talk about this for a second. I, I'm interested. <laughs> I'm interested in something. I'm interested in something, and I kind of want to ask Cholo this. Um, Cholo. Gabe mentioned that, that you're a vet. You know, you've been in this game for 20 plus years. Not, you know, I don't know if a lot of people know that. You know, um, one of the things that interested me about you is a couple of episodes back, we had Kevin Kleinrock on the show. And one of the things that he talked about, it was actually a good portion of the show. Um, we talked about Wrestling Society X. And we talked about the, the, the behind the scenes. We talked about all the inner workings of how it got started, uh, the season. There was supposed to be a season two, and, you know, it, it didn't happen. We got into all that from the, the, the behind-the-scenes perspective. I want to get your perspective from a wrestler. Going into Wrestling Society X, because I know you were on there, what was the experience like? I mean, it was, it was something new, something fresh. The land of the big men was getting ready to, you know, die out, and, and, and I feel like a new hybrid version of wrestling was coming, um, and you were on MTV. Why don't you let us know uh, what your experience was uh, from all aspects when you were on that show. First of all, it started when I actually got offered the contract. That was the very first time I got a contract to any company. And then uh, with it being on, on national television, um, it, it was just dope. Well, I didn't know what to expect. Uh, they just told me, you know, they ran a few ideas by me, and I was just down for whatever. I, uh, Me at the time, I was just wanting to do whatever I could to to, to show the world what I had. And, um, you know, they gave me that platform and, uh, it was, it was pretty dope. Like, you know, once we stepped foot there and saw the whole, the whole stage and everything that we were going to be doing, like it was, on, it was on a whole nother level. Um, yeah, I mean, it was TV. First of all, you know, I, it, it seemed like just going through the stories and everything episode to episode that it, it really was kind of like a movie aspect to it kind of like a story that was kind of like cinematic and 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 i've talked with gabe about this and we talked with kevin about this that wrestling society x in my opinion was like a launch pad for shows like lucha underground and we'll get into that but i mean mtv man were you excited you know how, how was the how was the you know putting matches together how was you know sticking to times things like that you know i mean talk to us about um that aspect when it comes to wrestling society x 
Uh, it was it was it was dope. Uh, they had explained some of the storyline uh, at the very beginning, but you know we were learning new stuff every single day uh, as far as what we were gonna do. Um, the the creators of the show was you know Kevin and uh, another guy named Houston Curtis. Um, you know they they ended up liking how our team was how our team was coming along, uh, which was the crew, myself, B Boy, um, Mongol, and uh, El Jefe. Well, it's a pretty random group of guys. But how are you and B Boy able to be at the same place at the same time? Aren't you guys the same person? <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. I still have my teeth. Oh, oh, oh. shout out to B Boy. <laughs> shout out to B Boy though. Shout out to B Boy. He got it knocked out during the match, and much, much. It's too late, bro. You already talked shit. Um, no matter what you say, he's not going to soothe it over. <laughs> oh, it's all good. Me and him, uh, uh, like they say in Spanish, that así nos llevamos. That's the way we're. Like, uh, Pero sin diente, no we, uh, mames, we, we, we roll like. Todo así sin muelas, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now you're the one talking <laughs> no, shit. No, no, now. no, no, no. I'm just reiterating what you said. <laughs> hey, don't oh, backpedal. No, 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 don't backpedal. Don't backpedal. I've been doing this for too long. I'll just stand there. Fuck it. <laughs> <laughs> no, but you know what? Uh, it, the the whole thing was was. Um, it was definitely a learning experience. Uh, luckily, we had a little bit of... Um, I had gotten a bit of uh, some pointers going into the show about times and how to kind of stick to your times and listening to the ref and, and stuff like that. And then, you know, we were working with refs such as like Pee Wee uh, from ECW. Uh, and then, um, you know, Rick Knox, who's always been such a professional and he was always helping us out and giving some extra pointers in the ring. And um, the whole situation was cool. And then being the one of the very first shows on MTV to be on every single type of platform that they had when it was the actual main MTV, MTV two, MTV three, and then, uh, MTV, uh, online. It was, it was pretty dope. I had fans hitting me up on MySpace at the time saying that, you know, they were watching the show in like Venezuela and in Australia and stuff like that. It was, it was dope for sure. So when, when did they tell you guys that, you know, we're not going to come back for another season and, and, and that was it. I mean, was there a meeting about that? Did they, you know, get you all together and tell you how disappointing was it for you? Uh, you know what, honestly, uh, I, there was never a meeting. Uh, I want, I want to say was it a MySpace mail. It was by <laughs> no, no. <laughs> I want to say it was either uh, an email or a phone call because I remember actually talking to Kevin about it, and um, when he told us that it yeah, didn't look too good, and then um, you know it kind of sucked because you know we thought we were we were on a roll. Uh, we didn't get to do the plans that we were going to do in season one. They said that they were going to do in season two, but. Um, you know, shit happens, but, um, and, uh, wrestling society X was definitely, uh, you know, um, uh, you know, part of the proving grounds to what was going to lead into, uh, Lucha underground and other, other TV shows for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Lucha. It definitely was, in my opinion, a, a launch pad to Lucha underground. And I want to talk about that a little bit because I think Lucha underground, um, you know, it, it was trying to be innovative in terms of bringing the movie aspect to, uh, wrestling, and I, I want to talk to both of you about um, what what the process was. You know, was there a tryout? How were you contacted? I want to talk about the cinematic part of it. You know, how different was it for you to have to deal with you know movie shots and everything, and um, still you know keep true to your wrestling base. <clears throat> we'll start with local. 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 Um, no, when when I first. Well, First, there was really nothing, nothing 
out there about what was Lucha Underground. Um, beforehand, I, th I guess it was just another Lucha Libre company coming in. We knew it was like some type of uh, uh, AAA deal, but really didn't know what it was. And I mean, for me, it was just, oh, okay, something new happening. But it was never in the back of my mind. Um, I remember one time I was called, I was actually doing a photo shoot, um, somewhere else for a, for a different company. And I was called up almost like last minute and was like, Hey, we got this thing going on. You think you could come in and do some type of, uh, rehearsal. So I sped from, uh, what I think it was, uh, Pomona all the way to downtown LA, um, <laughs> on the, what was it on the 10 freeway? And it was like five o'clock i think it was like a thursday friday afternoon so it was it was horrible um i made it to the venue where uh lucha underground was for what is a temple yeah um i got there and again i thought of, i didn't think of it much uh but once i got there you see ricochet walking out you see conan walking out you see all these characters that i'm like whoa wait what again i didn't know this was what was going to be Lucha Underground. Um, so I signed, I, I signed the waiver. I signed my, uh, my, my, what was it? Like the, uh, when they, what is it? The, the, I guess the payroll paper. Um, still no name, nothing. It was just a company, uh, of the, the uh, filming company. So they just told me, put on the gear. Uh, this is what you're going to do. You are going to test the cameras. We're going to test the lightings. We're going to test the sound. Uh, all we need you to do is um, wrestle for us. Just, you know, get a match going. And then when when we're ready, we'll call you and then we'll hit the lights. So it was me and Infernal. Infernal, you know, Infernal always, we almost did almost everything together. If it wasn't, if it wasn't going to be Cholo, my, my, uh, my Lucha homie, I think it was going to be him. <laughs> right, right, right. But, um. But yeah, I mean, once once I got there, uh, once I went inside the actual ring site or actual, uh, I guess, a stage, uh, which what we know now is a temple, um, it was really, it, it was, the lighting was great. Everything was just surreal. It was a little different. And yes, before, I guess, Lucha Underground got its name, you know, there was inklings of a, um, of a, wrestling society x sort of company coming up and that's what we all kind of had in mind which it sucks to say because we we knowing now um at least it, it lasted this long we thought it was going to be something that's just going to be maybe a season and that's it but anyways um i went in there um as soon as i went in there i went in my gear I walked through, uh, I guess you would call it, you know, through gorilla position. And then once I walked by, they started rolling the cameras, lights were on. We, 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 we paused because they needed to change camera angles. We did the thing over and over again. So basically what I, I went to go do is just test for their cameras. I was just their dummy. We did a match mid match. They'll stop it. Uh, they'll tell us to redo a certain move. They, they'll tell us to, uh, stand still so they could move. The, so they weren't really, really ready for a Lucha Libre uh, show. They so were treating they, it. They were treating they were it like, based, were yeah, treating it like it was like a soap opera or something. Like yeah, a so they were. Okay. Yeah, I mean, because you could, 
you probably say that these guys weren't trained to uh, uh, record or, or film um, action like that. Well, you know, they asked me to do certain moves or if I could do certain moves to put them in there, I was going to do a, like um, a dive. I think I did like three, well, one dive and I did it like three times. So they wanted to catch the good, you know, good angles. So uh, I was basically there kind of to prep them before they actually go live and start filming because they needed to make sure that everything was going to, you know, wasn't going to fail at the time of, uh, of, of the first episode. So that was a pretty cool experience. Um, so I did that, did what I needed to do. And I didn't think of anything. Cause again, I, I, I didn't know it was a tryout. Yeah. You just thought you was going in there to help yeah. them just yeah. work out some, some kinks. Yeah. So, so what happened after that, that brought you actually to, to, to being on the show. I mean, you wrestled several matches as uh, El Mariachi Loco. Yeah. Uh, well, I, I got a phone call from, I believe it was Eric. Uh, I got a phone call asking if I would want to be part of Lucha Underground. They liked what they saw when I was there and they wanted to offer me a deal for me. I was like, Holy shit. I was like, Oh, you mean I have nothing going on a deal out of that, uh, rehearsal. And, you know, sometimes you, you know, it's true when they say, you don't know who's watching. Uh, apparently, uh, this is what they told me. Apparently there was the art department, uh, watching everything in the, what is it? The, uh, the control room. It was uh, the art department basically pointing me out and asking who I was because uh, at no matter what, if the camera was, were off, I was in character, bro. I was I yeah. was always in character, no matter what. It was me being me, and I was just in character and just you know working it. Uh, so they, I mean, they they liked obviously they liked the 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 mask. They they liked how I was acting. I was basically, I was very expressive, even with a mask on. And I know a lot of people say it's really hard to express yourself with a mask. Uh, I'm, I don't know if you've seen me, but I'm very expressive. I've, oh, yeah. I, I use my body a lot to communicate exactly what I needed to do. And that's exactly what I was doing. You so, got it. I, I've always admired that about you because I have a clear understanding that when you work a match, you're working for the people in the back of the room, not the oh, people in front. So, you know, how, how, you know, overly charismatic you are and how you, you know, overly do the move is, is, is great. Always been, I've always been a fan of that with you. Thank you. Thank you. No. And I mean, and, and it works and it's, it's exactly what you got to do. If you're working in a, if you're working in a place where there's only one person in there, you work like you're working a 10,000, 30,000, 100,000 arena, man. Cause you don't, you know, again, you, this person paid for it and <laughs> knowing now, and it's kind of weird if you see like a lot of these, uh, no, no fan arena matches, like yeah. mainly and stuff. It's so quiet, but you know, they're still working. They're still working the camera. They're, they're working like if they were performing in front of so many people. And, and again, that's very, very important. And again, this helped me out a lot because that got an attention from someone so they they told uh, DJ uh, the Joseph about me. He saw the tape, and again he he called me up as well. And uh, this was maybe a a Friday, 
I did a gig oh, Thursday. I did a gig in, in, in Friday. I get an email from Eric and the company uh, telling me to read the email, uh, read the contract, sign it, bring it back Saturday, bring your gear. Uh, so you'll work on Saturday day or Saturday uh, evening for the first episode or, or the third episode, I guess. Uh, so that whole trip to Vegas is me <laughs> reading the, uh, the contract, me driving back from Vegas was me rereading that contract again, just to see what was going on. I still had questions. There's still, you know, doubts in there, but, um, come Saturday morning that I, I printed that thing out, signed it, turned it in and got my first match, uh, with Mascarita Sagrada. And how did that feel? I mean, there you were. I mean, I know for a lot of us, you know, we work places where they have a hard cam and we work places where, you know, they have some type of production. But you're you're going from an independent circuit going right into something that is like out of the norm for us. You know, this is like almost like a WCW or a or a WWE production where there's a bunch of different cameras. There's producers, there's cues and timing and marks and just you gotta you gotta make sure that you're you know turn into this camera how different was it from what you had done up to this point um being in that match and moving forward with lucha underground yeah i mean it's it's completely uh, it's a complete 180 turn there uh, again i've i've never been really good in my promos Especially not written promos, because I, I mean, I just suck at rem remembering things. Um, <laughs> and I remember talking to one of the producers too. This is way before I did uh, my first match. I had a cut of promo, basically saying, uh, "I'm I'm here. I'm going to win. And if, if you don't think so, then I have a surprise for you." Something like that. And one of the producers asked me, "Can you can you say the lines?" Like, "Oh." Uh, I don't know. I'll say it. I'll say it there. I'm more comfortable just saying it in the crowd. I'm like, no, this is TV. Give me, you know, give it to me a couple of times. If we need to change it, we'll change it. So everything was just boom there. Yeah. Um, and uh, again, working, uh, working the camera and, and, and when, when we did actually, when we, when I first got there, it was eight o'clock in the morning. Um, I read what was going to happen. Uh, I saw my match it was going to be against Mil Muertes. Uh, I was pretty excited. I've never met uh, Ricky in, in person. I, I, I mean, I've never really worked with him. I knew who he was, and it was going to be an awesome match, at least for me. Nice, um, yeah. And I remember him testing me too because he's like, "Hey, we're going to have, we're going to wrestle. Uh, let's, you know, just let's just grapple a little bit." And I think it was for more, more of like, a, okay, let's see where he is, what level he's in. So yeah. I'll be able to adjust. So that was pretty cool. So, um, you know, he, he tested me a little bit, got out of uh, some of his holds. I put him in a couple of holds. He's like, okay. So he felt comfortable right away. Um, unfortunately, that match never happened. Um, they needed someone more of a lucha style to base um, Mascarita. So they, they had me do a couple moves with him. He was comfortable with me. So I'm like, okay, so we're going to change the whole thing. We're going to switch it into uh, Mascarita versus Mariachi Loco. So again, that was another twist, changing things last minute. So yeah, everything was just changed last minute. And I know things change, you know, change in independent, but whenever you're, you're already set to go for a camera, it's a whole different trip. 
Okay. Okay. So yeah, I mean, you went from you know your first match to I, I know you worked a couple of matches as El Mariachi Loco, and then it just it stopped. What what happened there? Um, you know, was there a reason why you you had stopped using that name and that persona on camera? When I mean, shit, I, I feel like that would have been the the perfect uh, babyface character for for yeah. the underground. Yeah, bro. I mean, I, I was working, I was working heelish there. Um, I still had, I still had, you know, moves and wrestling moves that I could do, lucha moves. But unfortunately, um, rights to the name came to play. Uh, I don't own the rights to the name El Mariachi Loco. Wait, wait, what do you, what do you mean? <laughs> what do you mean? <laughs> there was trademark issues with a certain name. There was there was a <laughs> trademark with the name. How is that really? possible when I own it? I don't know, but again, they were telling me that I if I own the the uh, the rights to the name, and obviously I do not. And I was asked if I was okay <laughs> if I drop the name and go with something else. Which I mean, at that point, I'm like, uh, if we have to do what we got to do. So I, they ended up kind of just writing off Mariachi Loco and giving me a different, different, different gimmick. Well, how much did you know uh, about that situation? Because that situation was presented to me and they came at me um, for the, for the name as well. And, uh, Without going too deep, because I'm not allowed to talk about too much of it, they came at me pretty shady, um, and they took a name that didn't belong to them, and they took that from you, and that's pretty shitty. That someone that you thought was, you know, here you're worried about local promoters telling you don't sign a contract because you're not going to get bookings, and you had a shitty one trying to fucking take your uh, your livelihood from you because they wanted to make money off of you. Yeah. You know, how does that work? Uh, it sucks. And trust me, it really sucks that uh, I couldn't use the name. Because, I mean, it, it's a good, it's a great character. And being on TV would have been even greater because they even had uh, a few plans for the character. It wasn't going to end there. There was a story building up. And again, <clears throat> shit happens. I had, I didn't know much of what was happening other than do you own the name? Can you get the name? And the thing is that, uh, it you know, you and I had, you know, spoken, but we've never actually worked together up until that point. Yeah. If you would have spoken to me or someone would have came to me, I would have let you use the name because I also own the, the rights to that and would have given you every ample right to use it. And that person who went after you couldn't have said anything. And that, and that sucks because um, as a promoter, um, myself, I always get lumped in with promoters as being the used car salesman, the shitty guy, or they don't pay, or they pay you with a handshake or a pinche torta and a fucking hot dog and a soda and shit. And that's never been me. Um, that's never been me. And so at least I can stand here and tell you that if I would have known, I would have let you use the name, you know, a million times over. Yeah, man. You know, I mean, this shit happens, you know, things happen for a reason. And yeah. I was able to, I was yep. able to work different characters, different styles and just different, you know, <laughs> and they were happy with what I was doing. They were happy with 
uh, some of the stuff that went wrong. So, I mean, I mean, I, 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 at, one point, at, at some level, I was, I mean, just grateful that that kind of happened as well. Yeah, before we get into the other characters that you, um, you know, were, were portraying at Lucha Underground, I want to get Cholo's perspective of Lucha Underground. Now, I know you played uh, a, a very good role in that company, and I kind of want to know how that came about. I want you to talk about Lucha Underground, how how you got involved with Lucha Underground, how you came to get into um, your uh, you know, your faction with, with Ezekiel Jackson and, and uh, Ricky Reyes. And, you know, I mean, should just talk about the whole differences between how we normally wrestle on the independent circuit, uh, you know, versus how you were doing it with the cinematic portion, you know, and, and just how that whole thing was, was, was vibing. There was, um, you know, when, when there was a buzz going on around this show about Lucha Underground, um, you know, there was a lot of, a lot of negative comments saying that, ah, you know, this thing ain't going to last. It's going to be the same thing as uh, wrestling society X. They started comparing the same thing, but nobody really knew what was going on, what, what the actual, uh, the whole deal was about. And, um, you know, people were talking around here in SoCal, you know, maybe they were looking for a few talents or whatever. Um, I, a couple, a couple of the homies, uh, like B Boy, had gotten signed uh, pretty early, and I was like, man, I, I wish I would just get that call. And then pretty much, uh, not too long after that, I did. I got a call uh, from Krista Joseph saying that they had asked Chavo Guerrero, who was one of the uh, agents at the time, uh, if he knew of any talent around here in the Orange County, LA area that he trusted or that he thought had the the talent to uh to be a part of their roster and uh my name was thrown out there and uh i am forever indebted in in chavo for that i really appreciate it because if it wasn't for him throwing my name out there i i, I don't know i probably would have never gotten the chance but um you know getting that call from christy joseph somebody that who, who worked in the wwe for such a long time as one of the writers um it, it totally threw me off guard you know they update they, they offered me the contract and i was just like man i don't even have to try out like do they just offered me the contract off of Chavo's words. And I was just like, Let, let's do it. You know, I, I'm, I didn't hesitate what whatsoever. I signed right on the dotted line and I became a part of the group, you know, and, um, basically, um, as far as getting thrown in with the crew, uh, long story short, uh, they were, they, they asked to see us on set and, um, I got geared up and they saw that Ricky was kind of geared up, uh, similar to me. We kind of looked the same, kind of same heights on the same body, and uh, they threw us in there with Big Rick, and they said, "All right, guys, you guys are going to be the crew." Um, I was like, "That's dope, you know. I'm, I'm, I'm down." I had never uh, worked with uh, with Big Rick before, um, but I did. Uh, I had much respect for him with him being a WWE, and uh, you know, guy his size, man, and you know, you got to respect him, you know. But um, you know, they threw us in there together, and. Uh, I, we really didn't know what the plans were going to be because they were always, you know, tossing around ideas and we didn't have really anything set in stone until the day before um, the actual first night of tapings. And uh, a lot of people don't know this, but uh, Pentagon, Drago, and Aerostar got held up at the border. They had some uh, problems with their visa uh, to cross over to the United States. Right. And um, they ended up... Uh, they said, you know what, guys, we're going to have a little change of plans and, you know, we're going to throw you guys in the mix in the main event. And, like, I was in shock. You know, I was wow. totally in shock. And I was like, you know what? 
fuck it you know let's 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 do it you know let's let's just do what we got to do and you know try to make a point and try to show the world what we got and um you know going into the 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 season i had planned out or at least i had two goals in mind um you know all i ever wanted to do in that was to at some point in the season i wanted to wrestle against ricochet and john morrison and you know that first night we got thrown in the mix with both of them. So I was like, like, this is dope. Like your dream come true already, you know, all was accomplished. And, um, we got to work a program with both of them, you know, uh, being involved in that first main event is pretty, it's pretty special to me, you know? Um, like I said, it's another time that I got to be on national television debuting in the main event with some of the top guys in the industry. That's big. Uh, It's huge. And, um, I'm forever grateful for that for sure. Hell yeah! So, w- talk to me about the cinematic portion of it, though. I mean, like I, I, you know, I've heard that, you know, and I've seen pictures online where, you know, behind the scenes, it looks like you're putting a movie together. It doesn't look like you know a typical wrestling show where you're, you know, uh, getting in the ring and you're 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 plying your trade in the ring. You know, it, this this had you know uh, scenes and and you know vignettes and all kinds of different it, it seemed like a soap opera so just talk to me real quick about that portion of it how it differed from what you was normally doing up to that point oh man it was it was dope you know uh you know it was it was definitely not your normal um talk shit on your opponent and try to you know try to sell try to sell tickets to get people to come to the show you know it wasn't like that it was definitely it felt like we were on a hollywood set uh, seeing all those cameras, seeing all the monitors, seeing the catering, seeing all the crew there for us, you know, uh, t- to put this magic together. Uh, it was so dope. We get to work with some of the most talented minds in the, you know, the Hollywood industry. Skip Chasen, uh, Skip Chasen, who's one of the, man, he's he's got such a mind for this stuff. Like how he thinks of this stuff, I have no idea, but he's just got such a great mind. And he was the one that put a lot of our, our fight sequences together. And he just put a lot of the vignettes together. And he's he's a dope dude. You know, working under people like, uh, you know, Robert Rodriguez, who owns the L-Ray Network. Um, it, man, who would ever thought that a kid from Orange County like myself would just you know, be on set with these dudes who have been involved in like, uh, you know, TV shows like, you know, Big Brother and Survivor and, and all this stuff. And now, you know, we're working with them. It's just like, man, like pinch me. Like, is this for yeah. real? You know? Hell yeah. That's definitely something that, man, I mean, nobody really expects until they're, they're put in that position. And I know you had to be excited, man, but you know, at some point, you know, that skyrocket starts to, you know, downward spiral and i don't want to say that you downward spiral please don't make no mistake i just said i just want to say that you know you died on camera right so you know <laughs> they, they kind of killed off your character yeah they did uh and that was a surprise uh for sure because they didn't tell me i was scheduled to do a vignette and uh they didn't tell me till the day of and um you know going into that or finding out you know i i, I get the script of what we're gonna do and it's you know it tells me I'm going to die. And I'm just like, like the first thing that comes to my mind is like, what did I do? What did I do wrong? Because usually when in the wrestling business, you get written off, it's like you either did something wrong or you're hurt or, you know, they got nothing else for you. But, um, you know, it was, it was definitely, they had everything planned out. Um, they had asked me if I was willing to do a, uh, another, uh, that they had me in mind for, 
and um they said that I would fit perfect in there and uh if i would give it a try and i said sure you know i i'm a team player you know I, i'm willing to give everything at least one try and um it was something new it was definitely going to be a challenge wrestling under a mask but um you know I, I think it worked out in the end it was i had a lot of fun uh being um you know that mask character mala suerte a part of the rabbit tribe yeah and it was um it was definitely a, a cool experience i was able to uh tag with two of my you know two of my closest buddies you know paul london and mariachi loco and um doing those vignettes were dopest 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 fuck for sure too yeah they, were, uh, they definitely that. had that uh alice in wonderland vibe man it was uh those are some pretty i don't know to me they were entertaining and they were creepy at the same time so you know <laughs> like that whole yeah like i said that whole alice in wonderland vibe that walking on the set just looking at that set i'm like man this is for us like they 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 invested so much money in us and in 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 our characters and and in our group like man like it, it feels dope you know it, it feels dope and um like i cherish those moments like i sometimes you know i'll sit there and i'll talk to my daughter about it she'll ask me questions and like how did you guys film this or like were you nervous and you know i kind of explain you know about the scripts and stuff like that and you know she she, she likes lis listening to stories about stuff like that and uh, it was just a dope experience so how abrupt was it after all that you know after all the stuff that you guys had done on Lucha Underground and, 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 you know, season after season definitely felt like, you know, uh, Lucha Underground had legs and then it just stopped. What, what was that something that just happened abruptly for you? Was there writing on the walls, uh, rumblings, you know, in, in, in the dressing room that would have said, Hey, you know, we're not going to do this anymore. I mean, what, what happened towards the end there? I, I guess, I, I, there was a season I keep I forget what season it was where we were gone for almost a year without having any any work. That kind of was a bummer too because I mean we had no work for a whole entire year. And uh, versus the prior season, we we finished the season and then three four months later we went back to work. This one was almost a year. Um, that that kind of sucked. But then again when the fourth season started i don't think there was an inkling but it kind of felt that it was going to happen again where we were going to have to wait for the uh the next season to happen uh, but then yeah it just it just never it just never came back and it, it was a great show it was the number one show in el rey network so you would think man this is going to go for a long time we had great talent we had you know great producers we had great writers it was it was it, it was something that did just happen out of nowhere and i guess we're still waiting because i have not been released my contract that yeah i've heard that i've heard that a lot of talent has not been released from their contract or not told that they're released from their contract just yet it's how long i've also heard that you know contracts are actually coming up so I mean, how how long were these contracts? Were they like five, six, seven year contracts? The way I read it, it was seven seasons. Okay. So it apparently it it has seven seasons being one season per year. So I guess it's coming up. So maybe hopefully they either restart it or they just tell us, sorry, uh, here's your release letter. 
um, thank you for being part of this this project. So uh, well, it, it, also, it, also, it, it also states that it automatically renews without even you being told. So it depends which version you got, right? Uh, I guess so. <laughs> Fuck. Yes, read your contracts. Yeah, right? <laughs> fucking lawyers. Read uh, your contracts. Um, let's talk about a little bit the, uh, you know, the West Coast scene. You know, you guys are definitely a part of the West Coast scene. You've been all over the place. Um, I know you, you run the gamut from, you know, the top of the West Coast all the way down into Mexico. Um, you guys were trained, you know, Lucha Libre first, right? And, uh, you know, eventually started going into a more American style, which leads to a hybrid. You know, I want to get your guys' perspective on, on, uh, on, on Lucha versus American style. You know, I mean, um, it's definitely becoming a, a thing, and I know a lot of them do it, but I know you guys do it you know, better than most. So why don't you guys talk to me about, you know, uh, your training in Lucha Libre, you know, having to adapt the American style into it as you start working everywhere and, um, you know, just how those two styles mesh together. I, I think for me, I Go mean, ahead. again, I was, I was training with Cholo and Infernal and they, we did a lot of Lucha stuff and, and not only that, Cholo and, and Infernal was already, already have that style in mind so i kind of learned it more by them in the same time working the independent scene you're mostly working a lot of american shows or sometimes there's a lot of american kids wrestlers working lucha shows so you're kind of put in situations where we're not all in the same style so you kind of have to grow with it so yeah, learning lucha, you know that there's not a lot of psychology. Uh, when you work American wrestlers, they tend to be more, you know, more of a work sort of thing. Everything is selling, everything is time. Uh, so I, uh, for me, it was an easier transition, just because I was already being trained by by Cholo and Infernal, which uh, by that time again they were already working that style they were working there i guess i guess you could easily say that they were working more of a dragon gate style where they they tended to borrow a lot of the ideas from uh, from wrestlers from dragon gate which they had a hybrid of everything they had japanese they had uh lucha they had the american style so for me it, i mean it wasn't that difficult i still kind of just kind of stumble upon and i forget a little bit of <laughs> psychology but i tend to i tend to work more now obviously because I'm, like, I'm a little older and like cholo says don't try to bump too much Save your fucking bumps. cholo what what about you man uh you know what uh my training was a lot different uh, and i hate to use the cliche you know back in my day but you know it was definitely a lot harder back when i was training uh we definitely gotten our asses kicked we got our asses handed to us on a daily um, you know, uh, my trainer was old school, uh, you know, and we were just rolling and rolling and rolling and rolling every single day. And I was like, man, when am I going to get to do all the other stuff? But, you know, the main thing that they were trying to, you know, put in our heads was our safety. Uh, and uh, that's something that I try to implement uh, local. And when I was training him, I uh, was safety for sure, because uh, not a lot of people get taught that nowadays. And. Uh, 
you you booked a guy with well, prepaid fucking minutes, and right now he's probably running the Metro PCS, but it's past curfew, so I don't know how the fuck he's going to pay for his fucking next round of minutes. Uh, one thing uh, I heard him talking about, um, uh, he says uh, he used to get his ass handed to him and what have you. So he says that he took that um, in consideration on how he was trained over with you, local. So in the training aspect, was he your original trainer or who else trained you? How did that start for you? Like who was actually training? Because uh, for me, in my experience, when it comes to Southern California, there's never really been any schools. It's always been, you know, show up, put up a ring and whoever trains you, trains you. And you end up having 17 trainers and you have a shitload of bad habits because, you know, you didn't really have a, a set training for you. How, how did that work out? Um, and actually my first, my first day of training was with Cholo. Um, there was really no one else, but it was Cholo and Infernal. There was never more than two. If everything, it was Henio. He was maybe there sporadically. And, um, but majority of the time that I was in there, it's either Infernal, Infernal and little Cholo. Again, Infernal was more... He was more of a mat wrestler or more, you know, Rastelona sort of thing. So he right. taught you a lot of llaves. So that was really, really good to learn. Uh, Cholo, again, was more of your your lucha uh, American-style uh, training. But, yeah, uh, first time around, I mean, they, test, they tested the hell out of me. Uh, I was doing nothing but bumps. I was doing nothing but running the ropes. A lot of squats, a lot of, uh, uh, what do you call them, barrel rolls and uh, uh, barrel walks or uh, just a lot of unnecessary cardio, at least for, for me. <laughs> he said keyword being unnecessary. Now, what, what makes you think it was unnecessary? Uh, because at that time, I didn't know, ex you know why we were doing this. I mean, I'm... I mean, I was in the greatest shape, but I didn't sign up for this. I want to run the ropes. I want to learn how to power drive mother lovers, and and that wasn't happening. At the same time, I was like, okay, my body's aching. I, I really don't want to go. I, I, I want to do more than just that. I don't want to sit on the wall squat position for 30 minutes because I don't see how that's going to work yeah. in wrestling. Yeah. Um, but. What, do, you, do you see I, how that works now? I know exactly how it works now. And I I understand how you know you're you, you, how getting tired in a match is very crucial because you're working on on instinct. You're working on the ability to basically stay alive in the ring and not get blown. And that's a lot of the stuff helps you because you will do cardio. You'll do this. You'll do that, and then you'll finish after 45 to an hour and then finally go in the room and, and train and train on whatever you're going to do while you're exhausted, while you're ready to just crash. And then it just kind of gives you that discipline that you need in a wrestling ring. So when you were training, was it just only you three? Like, how did that come about? Because that kind of lends into me asking how you started because it, it, Coming from where uh, I was broken into in, in APW, we had a set school and you had, you know, hundreds upon hundreds of people coming through. For you, you said it was just you, Cholo, and Infernal. I, so is it, was it somewhere a ring was set up and you guys would meet on your own? Um, or no, what's the scenario? Like what, what, what was the actual breakdown? Because how, how does that work? 
I I mean, there was obviously the Swatmi that had their matches again. WPW had their their ring, the wrestling ring uh, at a flea market, the Swatmi down in Anaheim. Right. And every Sunday they had shows. They had training Monday, Tuesdays. They were closed because the Swatmi was closed. Uh, Wednesdays and Thursdays. So I was there Monday, Wednesdays, and Thursdays. Um, there was just, there was peep. There was a lot more guys training with us a lot of them obviously didn't last long a lot of them were a little older than some of us some just came by a day never showed up or just again showed up here and there whenever they needed to but i think i was one of the guys that was there almost every single every single day that needed to be training again and so in the, in these classes what what was the format though are you, are you paying class to class are you paying month because i think a lot of, a lot of the problems that happens with with you know and without using the right term you know where it's like hey if there's a show or, or there's a ring set up come train without having a set schedule without having the right curriculum in hand how, uh, how does that work? I mean, is there set payments? You, because I, I think a lot of times he's like, oh, well, you know, it's 10 bucks a class or, and they just show up. I mean, uh, on our end, we have a curriculum. We're so, you know, we're so formatted, you know, we have so much, we have so much of a playbook mentality as opposed to just, you know, winging it, you know, per se and shooting from the hip. How does that work on your guys' end? Was there any set, you know, structure? you know, that you see a lot now was there, it set back then too. There was a set structure. Um, there was a monthly fee. Uh, if you didn't pay the monthly fee, you didn't get to train. It was simple as that. Um, you know, uh, we had our, our daily warmups, which was, you know, respected every single day. Uh, like local said, it was a bunch of roles. It was a bunch of cardio it was a bunch of, you know, everything. And then when it came down to spots and learning new moves and then, uh, Towards the end of the class would be, you know, about a good 30 minutes to, to an hour of hold to hold, you know, uh, to right. finish up the class. And then um, at the very end, uh, they would there would be uh, if everybody did what they had to do and they did they did the, the class correctly, then they would only have to do 500 squats. If not, it was going to be a thousand. Now, so um, in your mentality, do you think having to do uh, in a, a large amount of squats and uh, or doing you know like penalized you know like uh, you know formality where like oh if you guys didn't do what you were told you had to do a lot of squats how do you think that plays into making someone a, a, a better wrestler or how do you think that affects someone from quitting do you think having them quit because they can't do squats as opposed to not be able to do, to do the wrestling moves do you think that's a fair issue as far as training somebody or do you stick by the formality where if they can't cut it like a boot camp they they, they shouldn't wrestle well, you know, it, it just depend. Every every situation was different, but most of the time it was, you know, it w there was instances where, you know, we wanted to see if the guys could cut it, you know, because that was something that I was put through. You know, the very first time that I went to train, I didn't go back for a month. Why? Because right. they beat the shit out of me. You know, uh, you know, the, I, I, I couldn't handle the roles. I couldn't handle the running. I couldn't handle anything. Uh, it was something that I did not expect. I thought it was going to be very easy, honestly. Um and, and, and it wasn't, it wasn't. So I, it took me a whole month to think about if I really wanted to do something like this, you know? And that's why I say nowadays it's, 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 the schools are a lot different now. Um, with now with a lot of the stuff that's going on around the world that you can't be as tough on the students anymore. Uh, because you know, certain things might happen, you know, that, that, you know, lawsuits come about and stuff like that. And, uh, you know, it's, 
it, it's definitely a different mindset nowadays, but, um, you know, it was uh, back then it was definitely, it was to see if, you know, if, if, if they were, if they were down for this, you know, if they really wanted this, but most of the time, most of the time, a lot of them would get the stuff, you know, uh, and, and I'm not trying to kiss anybody's ass or anything, but, and I've told this on many other podcasts when Mariachi started with me the very first day I knew he had it. And I'll never go back on saying that. That's one thing he could be, uh, you know, my partner or whatever. And I'm not, you know, I'm just trying to put him over, but legit since the very first day that he trained, I knew he had it. And what I think, it, I think a lot of, I think a lot of good trainers have that aspect. I've, I've seen Gabe, uh, watch someone and he'll, you know, he'll whisper to me, you know, this guy's got it or, or now nah, he, he's going to be a little bit more work at, you know, that, that definitely is something that's important in trying to train people, you know, and who to focus and how to focus. Um, but I wanted to ask, I wanted to go back and ask, because you said something, you know, your, your training, you, you were getting shit kicked out of you all the time and, and transfer to now, the training now is a little bit different because like you said, a lot of people are softer, the world's <laughs> a little softer, you know, loss can arise and whatnot. What, what do you think that the business was forced to lose its passion on who we can bring in and who we cannot bring in because it seems like anyone can go to a school pay money and wrestle now oh that that's pretty much it you know um nowadays you go and you pay your six-week course or your 12-week course and then at the end you're, you're already a wrestler you know um and it, it, you know i guess i guess you are but you know uh once you get in the ring with somebody that knows what they're really doing that's been training for more than 12 weeks you know you're going to learn you know you're going to learn a thing or two that you're not fully ready you know um but you know like i said people learn uh differently and uh you know maybe in 12 weeks you got it down if you're a natural like i said loco was uh he he, he got it down relatively real quick um there wasn't anything that i couldn't put on him that he wouldn't say no. That was one thing about him that, that I liked this, uh, about him. Cause like, I would tell him, Hey, you know, you're going to do this role, uh, from the second rope over my back, you know? Uh, and he'd be like, okay, cool. There was never any, no, there was never any doubt in his head. And that's something that I admire in him that he never said no, 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 no. And like, uh, you know, uh, I think if uh, a lot of people had his mindset when they start to train, they, you know, there'd be a lot more good wrestlers out there for sure. So yeah, now one, one of the biggest things, though, one of the biggest things that uh, that you cannot teach as a trainer is you can't teach them heart. And so a lot of the people that do come in, and one to touch on the comment though about you know a twelve week course, like for us here at Revolution at the Academy, we don't have a such thing as a course. It, it's an ongoing training. You're never done learn. You know, you're never done learning. So it's not like I'm I'm done at three weeks. I'm done at two weeks. It's progression. So if it's taking you three years to figure it out, then so be it. But it's also a business where it's also like a Taekwondo. I mean, you can come learn and do it as a weekend warrior and have fun. And then the ones who are going to um, be like a loco or popo who are going to stick with it. But I think, I think we, I think we're doing an injustice if we actually maintain the old school mentality of like, you know, let's see if they can last because you know, we should not be able to hold, you know, that over their heads, whether they become wrestlers or not. Um, for me, how I was trained or how I believe is I'll never get rid of a wrestler or a student. They'll always end up getting rid of themselves. And there's been, you know, there's been very, oh, very sure. few times exactly. that I've kicked people out of my academy. Um, 
I think maybe two or three. No, I think two. You know, but with, with that being said, you know, um, speaking on training, you know, um, I remember years ago you mentioned someone who uh, trained you. And I think, you know, it shows how small this business uh, of Lucha Libre, you know, as a whole is. But one of our trainers and was also one of your trainers, which is Skyve. And uh, we'll love to know yep. to see how your training went with him and compare it to see if he changed any. Because obviously when you talk about old school, he's definitely someone who is from that old school mentality. And there's a lot of pros and cons to Skyve who can who can tell you about his wrestling. I mean, I've definitely heard my, you know, uh, earful of why he's good and why he's bad. Um, but I'd love to hear your feedback as when he trained you, um, how that went with you. And, and, and did that carry over to the training that Madachi Loco got? Uh, you know what? Uh, Madachi had already uh, was training at the time when Skyday came to us. Uh, so, you know, he, he, he got, he got right in there with us and he learned, uh, I'm pretty sure a few things from him, but, uh, I, I thought it was very, uh, it was very easy to transition to his training because he did have that old school mentality and he did the, the stuff that I, that I enjoy watching and that I enjoy doing. So that style wasn't anything new to me, but the stuff that he taught us that, that we didn't know was on a whole nother level, like, uh, without a doubt. Um, one of the best trainers in the the world. Yeah. You know, um, uh, some people say, you know, like you said, uh, his training might be either too old school or whatever. But man, the stuff that he could teach you, man, you could go hold the hold the bet with the best of them in the world. Uh, you know, you you had a lot of guys that are in WWE now stealing his stuff. You know, and this is stuff that he came up with. So for them to go out there and steal his stuff and like use it on 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 a uh, on national platform, you know, that's you know saying something about him. But you know, um, I, I enjoyed what he taught us, and um, uh, I'm very appreciative of everything that he did teach me for sure. Okay, yeah, I mean, I hear that. Hey, uh, local, let's talk real quick about how you applied this training. You know, how you went out there and you started applying this training in the ring. I mean, you've wrestled for a lot of different promotions. Um, one of the one of the promotions that interests me is uh, Lucha Vavoon. Now, that's like a different type of you know Lucha Libre promotion altogether, right? I mean, how how does that differ from you working you know traditional Lucha Libre at the Lucha promotions, you know, versus uh, going to Lucha Vavoon? So it's different, right? It's it's not it's not the same as, as the traditional Lucha Libre company. It's very different, and and okay. They're, they build themselves as sexo y violencia, sex and violence. So there's burlesque and there's wrestling, there's lucha. Um, I, and, and I've heard this before, too, from like other colleagues, other luchadors, when they go and see it as as fan and they kind of say, wait, this, ain't, this, is, this isn't lucha. Like, mm, it's not your typical lucha where you go on a Sunday evening and you see a spot fest where there's there's 13, you know, uh, clothesline and you're ducking all of them. You're doing <laughs> 13 uh, sacaditas. You're doing 13 um, arm drag. So it's, it's more, again, more of a working uh, uh, company. Mm -hmm. You're there to pander for everyone in that audience. Everyone's a little tipsy. Um, and, and then you just go in there and just work your gimmick. Again, I'm dancing mariachi. I'm over there, you know, being a little flirtatious with 
with the the dancers and obviously uh, I, I dance a little bit for the uh, the crowd. I get my pop, I get in there and I work that gimmick like it was my life. And yeah, you don't, you know, you you get that pop. You get you you do a one big move and boom, you get that nice little pop from uh, from fans. They're not diehard lucha fans. They're more, uh, you know, I, I guess they're more hipsters. So what they want to see is big moves and and good gimmicks. <laughs> I, you know, I've always I've always seen that in in I don't I don't want to say the hipster type because I've I've worked promotions where you know it's it's in it's in a bar environment or a nightclub environment and it's almost like where it's it's almost like a hood slam where you you're 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 wrestling but around the wrestling is like a, a nightclub environment yeah. so it's a different atmosphere altogether because like you said you got a lot of people that are drinking getting a little tipsy they probably just want to see the big moves and get all excited yeah. and they want to be interactive and 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 they just want to have fun they don't even give really two shits about the wrestling <laughs> portion but uh, you know how, how does somebody how does somebody you know use that to their advantage when they're in the ring and working a match like how would what are some of the the philosophies that you have in terms of wrestling a match in front of a crowd that really isn't uh, you know for the most part a wrestling fan they're just there for the fun i guess never break character you know what i mean um if if you walk into uh, the stage and you're the bad guy uh, you're going to be the bad guy throughout the match. Do not break that character because once you break it, they're going to lose interest. And that's and, and, and I know they don't have a, a great attention span when you're drunk, but they they know. Okay, that's bad guy. That's good guy. If I'm going over there and I'm dancing and I'm wiggling around, they want to they want to be able to see that. They want to be able to see the difference between just the uh, uh, the good guy and the bad guy. And again, that's one something we learn when we're working when we're first learning how to do uh wrestling moves and and knowing what to do learning how to work again i just have to go back to working that gimmick they want to make sure that they they know because if you go to a diehard lucha show people know okay that's mariachi loco we we know what he does but we want to see cool wrestling yeah you, Solo, yes. you were a part of czw right <laughs> yes i was take us through that you know your your experience at czw best of the best three um, you also, you know, you work with B-Boy twice, right? You work, you eliminated one guy in, in, in a match and then, you, and then you lost to B-Boy. Talk to us about that whole experience, CZW. Oh man, just getting the invite, the invite to be a part of that group. Uh, uh, you know, they say that the top 12 cruiserweights in, in the U S at that time, uh, was uh, that just that alone was, was very satisfying. Uh, being in the in the, the 2003 class with myself, B-Boy deranged, um, uh, Trent Acid, who is no longer with us, Chris Cash, who is no longer with us, AJ Styles, Jason Cross, Tony Mamaluke, um, the Briscoe brothers, you know, like it was just so dope. And then to be able to uh, to wrestle in the World ECW arena, like that was sick too. Um, uh, I think that first round match was pretty cool. We got, uh, you know, we eliminated the range in the first round. And then I ended up going in the uh, the quarterfinals with, uh, with B-Boy. And um, it was pretty cool. Uh, I wish I could have gone farther, but, you know, shit happens. But uh, it was definitely an experience I'll never forget. Gabe, would you think that uh, that Best of the Best series that, that was kind of similar? To well, Vindies, I think right? King of Indies is what catapulted all tournaments. You know, King of Indies um, catapulted um, ROH to start. So I think King of Indies um, 
was the brainchild uh, of Roland that said, you know what, um, let's uh, let's do other <laughs> stuff that created. But it's not like Roland invented King of Indies tournament. There's been tournaments going on forever, you know, with the J Cup and, and and tons of Japanese tournaments, you know, and uh, things around the world. But I think on the American side, King of Indies actually did a tournament that um, that actually made you think man you know we could really do some cool stuff so the same way that cholo's you know renting off those that, that long list of names you know king of vindies that i really believe that is what started you know all other tournaments um to go in that direction you know can we talk about Roland really quick because i actually wanted to mention something earlier about when you said about uh uh you know when i said loco had it and gabe has that that same intuition about knowing when guys have it uh Roland, um he had that i think he had it he knew what it was uh in a few guys and um i'll never forget that the night that i was uh fortunate enough to meet him uh he pulled me aside after the match and uh he complimented me on my lockup and uh i was very like like why am i lockup and he said you know what uh not a lot of not a lot of guys have a good strong lockup like you do and uh, that's just you know something that i'll never forget and uh uh you know uh, Roland and Gabe decided to keep on bringing me out uh, to to their shows, so uh, very appreciative of that for sure. <clears throat> but just to touch on that, man, I mean, just something as simple as a lockup. I mean, dude, we we just talked about training, and Gabe, you know, I've seen Gabe, dude, I've seen Gabe make someone lock up, make two people lock up, like, like 30, <laughs> forty times, you know, and 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 you know. It, it's 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 that that lockup to me, you know, in the beginning, it's essential, man. I mean, that sets the tone for the rest of the match. You know, if you got a shitty lockup and a weak lockup, I feel like, you know, um, it, you're really not, you know, going to be able to tell a story that 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 you want in that ring. I mean, you might be able to save it, but I mean, fuck, you know, you want that impact right away, right? I've seen so many guys go into a lockup and collide heads, or you know, uh, a headbutt to the nose, or you know, somebody right into the mouth. You know, I've seen it happen so many times, and that's just little things like that, like little basics like that, that they don't get taught anymore, you know, uh, in certain places. But um, I was just very surprised that Roland had, had uh, point, pointed that out to me. And, um, you know, it's, it, I think a, a good, strong lockup, like you said, uh, can definitely help, help dictate uh, how good of a match it's going to be, you know. It's definitely helpful for sure. So I want to I switch gears real quick to, to Mariachi Loco. Um, I first met you at a pro wrestling revolution show and I just, I, I know you work with us a lot. You know, I, I want to know uh, what, at what point did you meet Gabe and, and start working for revolution and um, <clears throat> how's, how's your experience been, you know, coming in and out kind of just, you know, dealing with a lot of the young kids, dealing with a lot of the, the, the big stars that he brings in, um, I mean, the promotion to me is awesome. It's like my main promotion. So I'm always interested to hear people's perspectives on, on our, on, I met, I sort of met Gabe once that Lucha Babu. (laughs) He kind of gave me like the, Hmm, this is the motherfucker. (laughs) That's the very first time I met him. And I'm pretty sure he knows that day too. Cause his homie, uh, he had one of his homies there too. So, um, but I mean, I was, Saludé. I was very, um, I think I was very polite. Um, and then shit happened a couple, maybe maybe a year or a couple years later after that, I got a, 
I get contact with him and he invites me to go over uh, for the first time. And since I think since the first time I worked with him, he's been nothing but very kind. I mean, he talks a lot of shit. No. But it's always it's always his production there is just amazing. The way he works uh his shows is just great his marketing i've never seen before so i, I always enjoy going over there regardless if regardless if he flies me uh first class or just uh <laughs> i'm oh shit i wasn't supposed to say that out loud with cholo here huh <laughs> <laughs> I'm uh, the cat's out of the bag bro see Start now every time i offer him a greyhound ticket he's and tell me no even more now <laughs> but i mean i i've always he's always giving me like good matches i've always um had uh, awesome matches it's i mean sometimes they, they flop sometimes they they're good but always the opponents i mean i remember we uh, he took me over to uh was it arkansas yeah in arkansas um i it was amazing night i mean i worked very well with uh misterioso which yeah. i worked with misterioso before but that night would just it was just a hit and uh and, and you know and every every chance that i got i mean i faced uh patu and uh phoenix down in uh was santa maria or it was up in uh uh god i think it was uh orville someone yeah someone in that area and it was uh I think it was a four-way. You, Mister Rosso, uh, fought two in Phoenix. Two in Phoenix, and yeah, I mean, that, and, you know, that was a great, just, great, great work. So, I mean, any time I, I I get a booking from from Gabe, I already know it's gonna be it's gonna be a good match. Um, at least it, at least for me, because I already know that I'm gonna work um, with good workers and people that I'm, I'm I'm very comfortable with. And I've never, I don't think I've ever had a. a an opponent or a match that I've ever felt uncomfortable being in. So um, I got, I just got to thank Gabe for just giving me that opportunity. And, uh, you know, sometimes I can't, sometimes he understands. Sometimes I'm there and uh, I get to work. The last match, the last match I had there was with uh, um, extreme tiger. And yeah. One of the matches back. And I know that day he was hurting because the last the night before, I guess he had a match and he got really hurt. So I don't know what I did, but, uh, uh, I did a move to him, and I cracked his back, and he felt much better. <laughs> you know what's funny though? That's that's the last show, at least for Revolution goes, um, that we had for the year. Because going into that show, there was already a lot of talk of the coronavirus, never at this level. But our um, that was February twentieth, I believe it was our last show in yeah. San Jose, and so by March sixteenth, that's when everything you know. Uh, uh, shit hit the fan, so that's that was indeed our last show, and I think it might be our last show for this year, you know, on, on that matter, you know. But I mean, I uh, I know uh, I always rip Cholo and so on, but I used to book Cholo a lot um, when I was booking for APW, and I also gave him some good quality matches and so on. But um, in, in working with with Loco, I think. Uh, what made me want to bring him in on a regular basis is obviously, you know, we're a Lucha Libre company first. Um, and so he definitely can work the Lucha style. He can definitely, um, you know, he definitely plays the part, you know, he has a great gimmick, but also the, the humbleness of, of a person that he is. I remember, uh, I remember when we did, um, AT&T park and, uh, 
I, I brought him in to do a show at and Park, and the show got canceled while we're in the building. And yep. we remember we just got to hang out and uh, free beer, free, free free food, and and everything, you know. And it was just a you know uh, never never an issue in the locker room, you know, never drama, never uh, you know. And I, I can't say that for other for all SoCal talent because you know I've I've had my issues with some SoCal talent. Um, and again, I've been doing this for, for, for a minute now, so I've had my run-ins. Um, but, you know, definitely Loco has been one of the ones. Him um, and Rico have pretty much been a, a large mainstay for the brand here for Revolution. And hopefully when we get back up in 2027, we'll be able to pick it back up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, he, went, he, ran, he ran back into the taqueria to get more minutes. <laughs> Well, I wanted, yeah, I'm, I'm, I don't know why he left. I wanted to ask him, you know, I wanted to ask you, Gabe, you know, you, you used to book Cholo, you said, in APW. I mean, a serious question, you know, <sighs> all, all jokes aside, why why is Cholo never really uh, been able to come in, and perform? For well, he has. I, I have brought in Cholo on, on a few occasions. Sometimes he's not able to do the dates. That's why, you know, some of the things he doesn't want to tell you guys. But when there's been times I have offered him dates where he can't do it. Uh, there's been times I've needed both him and uh, Loco to do it together for the Lucha homies. And it hasn't quite worked out. But, you know, the, the, the difference is uh, having an academy, you know, having a school for the most part that's a feeder um, into our shows, you know, uh, it's it's hard to get everyone on the show. You know what I mean? So I have to make sure that I have sufficient uh, spots open for immediate talent that are being trained. I mean, there's been times on our shows, guys, that I can I think I've counted up to 12, 12 students, graduates from our academy that make our shows. And that just that's very it's very unheard of. You know, I don't know about you, Loco, but I don't know how often you see a show go on that actually has homegrown talent across the board from the referee to ring announcer. I mean, uh, the opening match to the main event. And, you know, a perfect example of that in San Jose, I had, you know, uh, tons of students in the opening match. And then I had Papo in the main event with, you know, with uh, uh, Psycho Clown and El Tejano. You know, so I'm very proud to say that as a train academy with the training help of, of Robert Thompson, uh, you know, Lady Apache, you know, Skyde, Super Crazy, um, uh, all the Lucha people that have come in to help train have made our school, you know, produce such great people. So it is hard to put people on, on, on the shows. So it's not that I don't like Cholo. Um, my God knows, you know, I go back forever. I love to rib him. And, you know, if I didn't, if I didn't love him, I wouldn't rib him. I wouldn't, you know talk to them at all but sometimes you know uh it's not about booking your friends it's about booking what's best for the show and if it was about booking your friends and yeah maybe i'd have uh you know all the old friends from the you know all the all the gang from back in the day you know on the same shows but that's i don't think that's what makes me a successful promoter it makes us a successful company you know what i mean so uh it doesn't mean there's no room for him it just means that in order to get cholo on somebody has to come off and then I, I tell that to everybody. So if someone has to come off, I'll ask you, Papo, and I'll ask you, Loco, if I have to bring Cholo on, who are you guys taking off? Uh- oh, Loco's <laughs> going off. Oh, absolutely. Okay, there it is. <laughs> it's going to be me. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Hey, Gabe, um, 
Gabe mentioned the Lucha homies. Now, I want to talk about that a little bit. I want to talk about, and I, I wish Cholo would come back. I, I, I hope he does. But if he doesn't, you know, you're going to be able to tell your story, uh, your perspective of this. So, you know, I, I, I look at you guys as a tag team, you know, and, and I watch your chemistry. And that's the biggest thing. Like, I see your chemistry. And, and you know, not only in the ring, but through the videos and vignettes that you guys do on social media. I want to know, you know, when you guys decided that you were going to be a tag team, how you came up with the Lucha Homies name, and, you know, how that ride has been for you. I mean, uh, just, you know, from, from, the, from, from what I see in the vignettes and everything, it really seems like you and Cholo are like best friends. So well, I mean, I've known him since the first day I started training. So uh, I, me and him just click from day one. So I've I've never had anyone that stuck around that that long. Um, <laughs> we, <laughs> and then uh, bless you. Um, I I've always I've always wrestled against him. I always wrestled along him, uh, but I I. I I I never kind of I never really thought that we were gonna be of a tag team, but I kind of knew that we were gonna end up a tag team, and um, and then just being on the road for so many you know for so many years and just being riding and then just going back and forth from state to state, uh, county to county, uh, it gets pretty boring. because <laughs> honestly, I I would just get really bored. And then I'm, I'm a camera phone. I like bugging Cholo. So uh, I decided to just to turn on my camera, just mess around with him. And then everything just came out naturally. It was me being me. I don't know if you ever seen those, uh, those, those uh, Looney Tune cartoons where it's that big uh, bulldog and a little, little muddy yeah. chihuahua just yeah. Hey, Bob, hey, come on, you know, just walking around. I'm like, okay, I, I could do something like that where I'm bugging the hell out of this, this mean mugging Cholo and I'm just the high spirited, charismatic, um, uh, Lucha that is just bugging the hell out of his angry partner. Um, so I mean, and, and those videos, I would just put them on Facebook, put them on Instagram and people just started liking him, just commenting. And I'm like, all right, this is working. Cholo saw that too, that it was, you know, okay, cool. This is working. So let's do something. So at one point it was like, no, it's not going to work. If you're part of it, it's not going to work. If you're asking to do something for the camera, it has to come natural. So after a while, I was like, all right, cool. Let's, let's do something. Let's, let's work with something. Let's, let's kind of just do whatever we got to do. If we're on the road, let's just work off each other. And that's exactly how wrestling is too. Uh, sometimes you're in the ring and you kind of have to work around what you got and then you're going to work with what you have. So, right. um, I mean, we, we just implemented that itself. And, and there was one point that we're going to, we were going to start like this YouTube channel thing would never happen, but then we were just, going back and forth, just battling it out, me and him arguing over stupid stuff, whose name is going to be this, whose name is going to be that, and then it just never happened. But again, those videos that we made made it made it happen where we're just, okay, so what else we got to do with it? And then there was a company down here called uh, Bumps and Bruises that kind of gave us that, that platform where, all right, let's use your promos to promote your match. Our, your your match is going to be Lola Cholo versus 
Mariachi Loco uh, for the for the name of your YouTube page. That happened. Our match happened. Um, really? That happened? Yeah, that happened. The match oh my happened. god! <laughs> Shut up. The match happened, uh, and there was a big brawl, which I kind of didn't like. But then we ended up teaming up with each other. So that kind of just happened naturally. And of course, I like working tag matches because I get to work. <laughs> Less, but even though I'm working with Cholo, I take most of the bumps. So you take all the bumps, and he comes in for the hot tag. The hot tag, exactly what it is. But I mean, it, it it just happened naturally for us. It just happened where we we're like, okay, let's go with it. Then let's just start getting bookings where we're just tag team, and it's been working since then. The name itself is just kind of accidentally. It, it was it was kind of stupid the way we got it. Obviously, Lucha. Uh, we're homies, and we just kind of just went with it. I know we had the Lucha Bros, we had the Lucha House Party, or whatever. Like it, <coughs> it, it just use it to see how it it sticks, and and it and it just it just stuck. But again, we were I think we were bound to be a tag team. It, it works well because I'm not the Cholo, and he is the Cholo, and we're that. What is it called? Um, the odd couple. Yeah, that. <laughs> so, I gotta ask you, local. I mean, we're still in the pandemic. You know, a lot of the companies that we've worked for, including Pro Wrestling Revolution, are still kind of shut down, waiting to see what's gonna happen. Um, but eventually, we're gonna get back. You know, we're gonna get back to it. We're gonna get back in the ring. We're gonna get the ring rust out. We're gonna start working these shows again. I want to know for you, what is next for you? What 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 are your aspirations? I mean, you you. I mean, for me, you know, and I'm I'm not trying to, you know, blow smoke or anything, but for me, you know, you got great work. You you can go. You have a lot of different, you know, gears, and and you're charismatic, and you have a lot of tools for an on air character, and and I think that you can be successful on TV. I'm, I'm I'm trying to figure out what is next for you in terms of your aspirations. Do you see yourself going to an NWA or? An, MLW, uh, ROH or something like that. And are you working? Um, that? I mean, it's always, it's always great to have, uh, somewhere to go. And yeah, of course, I mean, I've, I've had conversations with certain people to be able to work certain, certain areas. Obviously things don't work or sometimes people stop you from doing things. Uh, but yeah. And, and it's, it's, it's pretty hard right now to kind of say that I'm working towards it. The only thing I could tell you right now that once everything comes back to normal and I'm, I'm not going to lie to you. Um, I have a slight issue with asthma. So this is really, really scary for me. So even if I say I do want to go back training now, I, I don't want to do it because I'm, I'm in high, higher risk than a lot of people. Um, no, I can I can relate, bro. I, I mean, for me, you know, not many people know this. I'm Gabe does, but I, I have diabetes. I'm a diabetic, so yeah, for me, it's 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 the same because you know, if I if I get infected with this thing, it could be very hard for me for to recover if I recover at all. So I definitely can yeah, relate man. to that. And 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 you know, the only thing I could do is like Cholo said, watch video, study, and then just you now work on promos, work on my stuff, work on things that I could use later on um and and again wrestling has always helped me a lot and, and luckily i was able to do a motion capturing um gig uh for uh, for rogue uh, uh studios 
Um, for what, for I can't what say. <laughs> oh, okay. But, but it, it um, oh. and it, you know, and going back into a wrestling ring was very nerve wracking because you didn't know exactly. Okay, it, it's like riding a bike. You go in there, you you know, you work, you take a couple bumps, and then you go back at it again. But you know, you're very rusty, and I did feel very rusty. Um, luckily, when I did go there. There was uh, there was testing for COVID, so everyone was tested before we actually went there, and I, I felt safe. But at the same time, when you're in that ring and you haven't worked in a while, it's it's still kind of a little again nerve wracking. And I got the itch, so now I really want to go back in a ring. But I know in my condition, I really I, I have to wait a little longer. Thing is good to go. Well, one thing you said that, that um, when Papo asked you about wanting to do, you know, X, Y, and Z, you mentioned that some you do, but some people stop you. Who's stopping you to do what? Um, just, again, name issues. I just want to make sure that everything that I do before I start does not stop me from doing what I really want to do and push. Because later on, if I can't use my name. Which I name is that? Mariachi Loco. But I, I just told you. Uh, ten hours ago, that you can use it. <laughs> no, I know, and and I again, I just want to be able to be in the safe side. So yeah, maybe we could talk later on, making sure everything's good. No, we go. can talk right now. I mean, wh wh where are you going? How do mm -hmm. I make money off of you? <laughs> no, I mean, no, I'll bullshit aside. Um, I mean, if it has to do with the mariachi portion, I mean, um, it's no secret. I, I. I gave up a little bit to get something else, and but I, I can still, I have no problem. I can do whatever I can. I mean, it's no different than what I do um, for bookings. I mean, a lot of promoters take percentages of bookings or take percentages of their merchandise. And, I mean, that's the furthest um, thing for me. I mean, if you look at the masks that we're selling for the COVID right now, the lucha-mask.com, everyone, you know, like all these bigger names that are being bootlegged, I don't bootleg them. Yeah. I actually ask them, you know, how many promoters actually do you know? I'm seeing wrestlers right now bootlegging their own boys and not giving them a, a cut because they said they have to survive. So I, I get that mentality, but I mean, I think at the end of the day, if, uh, uh, you know, I believe in karma, you know, and that, that freaks me out. And the last thing I want to do as a promoter is go, yeah, I'm selling bootleg uh, LA Park things or he'll never know. And then as a promoter, I go, hey, Park, you want to work a show? You know, how's that going to make me look as a promoter? Yeah. So for me, if, if there's anything that I can do to help you to further yourself in career, why would I want to stop you? If anything, I want to help you open that door because who knows, maybe one day I may need you to help me or maybe open a window to someone where you're already at. So if there's anything we can do, by all means, you can always ask. Thank you, sir. Thank you. And I only take 10%. No, no, no. Roll, 15, roll into 15, 15 to 15. 20. So I'll take 10. Fuck it. I'm just throwing it out there. <laughs> Coming down on the price. So Gabe, uh, if if you answer this question the way I think you're going to answer, I'm going to look like an asshole. But I'm oh, no, I'm scared. Lucha-mask.com. Lucha uh -huh. Are we going to see a mariachi loco? Well, being that his mouth is completely fucking open. It'd be hard, you know, to come up with something, but we can definitely do something. You know, I, I talked to Jungle Boy on our last, our last uh, podcast, and we can definitely do something with Loco as well. I mean, 
I, I won't do a Cholo one because I don't want to get into any uh, problems with the cops or anything, but we can definitely do one for Loco. You know what I mean? All right, all right, all right. Hey, the, the last question I want to ask you, uh, Loco, before you know we end this thing, um, I ask a lot of people this, and I think it, it holds weight for me because a lot of people listen to this that are, that are workers, wrestlers, referees, managers, what have you. Um, I, I want your perspective on on advice. You know, what do you feel that these people should be doing and working on um, in order to make a go at this? You know, you have a lot of years, you know, 10 plus years in this. And, and I've sat in, you know, uh, training with you um, where you explained a lot about psychology and, and you have a great understanding of the business. You have a great understanding of, of in-ring work and, and psychology and storytelling. I think you have a lot of good uh, good information to give. What would you say to these people listening uh, that are aspiring to get into the business and become wrestlers and, and don't, make a go? Don't be one-dimensional. Don't stay satisfied with just being a wrestler, be more than a wrestler, be, be, be a worker, be an entertainer, be a wrestler as well. I mean, I'm not going to stop you from being a wrestler, but I mean, we're all wrestlers from the beginning, but don't just stop there. Be fourth dimensional, break the fourth wall if you have to, or fave, you know, break kayfabe, whatever, but just make sure you don't just stay in one place because a lot of people just stay in that place and never go anywhere. That's not going to get you out there. That's not going to get your, you know, get people to look at you. Be, be loud, be, be safe. We make sure again, don't just be a wrestler. Everyone can be a wrestler, but once you understand that wrestling is not just, you know, a, a holding a pin, it's, 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 it's being able to work, being able to uh, get the crowd, uh, the crowd into your match, making sure that people get 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 that attention. Uh, you get the people's attention, and making sure that you you are the person that they're going to remember, regardless if you lost a match, regardless if you won the match, regardless if you did a six twenty. Make sure that you are the one that stands out the most, without making obviously your opponent look like shit as well uh, but just again work work every aspect of wrestling be an be a character be an actor be an entertainer be whatever you have to be just don't just stay one dimension and i think that's probably the best thing i could maybe tell you just other than shut up and listen to what everything's happening around you oh yeah that's that's the main thing you know eyes open ears open so cholo same question yeah, Cholo, same question. <laughs> well, I'm sorry we lost Cholo, man. I definitely had a lot of questions for him still, and I think that he could have contributed more. Um, I respect the hell out of both of you guys, man. Um, I want to work with Cholo, and I hope that one day Gabe might consider a Lucha Horse no, match. No, match. no, no. A lot of no. fun. What, what, if, he uh, wear, what if he wears a mask? Uh, you know what? I'll, 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 I'll make it very easy. I'll do it if he has gear on. No shit. That's one of the things I wanted to ask him. Uh, him. I, I've I've heard, I've heard that I've heard the story, and I wanted to see if it was true. Maybe, hey, maybe you could touch on it, Loco. Let, let me know if this story is true. Um, I heard that when Cholo wrestled his first match, he was put in there, and he didn't have any gear, so he actually dresses like a Cholo, and he just wrestled yeah. in his regular clothes. That and exactly was it? Is that? 
he True. was wrestling. He, I mean, you remember, you gotta once you start, you wrestle like many multiple gimmicks, and that night they needed an extra body. Um, he had nothing else. He had no gear. All he had was what he was wearing. So basically, they put him out there with another wrestler called Cholo. Uh, I mean, he came out as little Cholo. He wrestled in his street clothes as a Cholo, and I, that's exactly how he got his name and his look. And all, look, all, yeah, he does, now all he does now is off, just right? change his shirt and his shoes. That's about it. Well, just just so you guys know. <laughs> I'll have to look for it, but I have images of Cholo in full-fledged gear, uh, shiny baggy pants, and patent leather boots. Shit. And uh, he, uh, he rustled it for me in them, and he came back afterwards. He goes, I fucking hate the boots, and I hate the gear. I tr he's like, I tried it, but <laughs> I won't do it again. I was like, all right, you know. I won't do it again. But if you guys want that match, you guys got to have Cholo dust off his old boots and his old gear. With the old English WPW on the side, and let, you know we'll, we'll make it happen. <laughs> <laughs> well, guys, I think that's all the time we got. Um, one of the things I like to do, Loco, and I wish that Cholo was here. I'm sorry we lost him, bro. I saw, I'm sorry we lost you, man. I want to get you back on and, and and finish the conversation at some point. But one of the things I like to do is I like to let people get their social medias out there. You know, market yourself. Make sure that uh, you know we're staying relevant through all this. So go ahead and get your social medias out. The well, way. I mean, you could catch me on Instagram at El Mariachi underscore Loco, and if you're looking for Cholo, you'll find him as my follower. Um, as your father. Follower. Oh, follower. Oh, no, my miss. I heard as my father. <laughs> you could also find me on Facebook, uh, Mariachi Loco, and on Twitter as ML Loco. And you can find me there. I'm usually just on Instagram. So if you uh, want to ask me questions, ask for merch, whatever, see me there. No Tinder. Tinder. <laughs> no Tinder. <laughs> All right. Yes, sir. P.W. Revolution across the board, all social media platforms. Um, and more importantly, right now, during these insane times for the PPE, uh, masks.com. Um, as of t tonight, as we're speaking, we just released the Hayabusa uh, mask that, again, not bootlegging anybody. We actually got the. Uh, okay from the family estate to approve the design and the sell and the merch and and we got some stuff coming out so you know if you're gonna have to and if you have to wear a mask and you have to be safe you know which i don't see why you wouldn't why not you know be creative and go out there with a lucha mask you know what i mean uh otherwise you know you have to wear a nice plain blue one and you have to look like uh uh, a nurse or a doctor on an old 80s sitcom or an old 80s uh, date of our lives. So if you're going to uh, be safe, you have to wear a mask, why not do it Lucha Libre style? So head over to lucha-mask.com, PWR Revolution across all social platforms. And if you guys have any questions or suggestions on masks, man, hit me up. I'd love to get information on, on what your thoughts are or ideas for future masks. Right now, we, we, we got to negotiate with... Uh, Mr. Loco here to make the next set of masks for him and get him going. Nice. Yeah, I'd like that too. I'll buy one for sure. Well, on behalf of the podcast, on behalf of Gabe Ramirez, I'm the master of ceremonies, King Fat Boy Papa Wesco. Loco, thank you so much for coming on, man. It was 
definitely a fun time, and I hope we have you on again. I know we had a little bit of connection problems, but we were able to work through it. You know, <laughs> we finished. We finished the match. <laughs> off, so I'll uh, I'll holler awesome. at you guys Thank later. You. Guys. Thank you, brother. Man, and just like Freddie Mercury said, another one bites the dust. Thank you for tuning in to another edition of Straight Out of the Bodega. Huge shout out and all respect due to El Mariachi Loco and Little Cholo, the Lucha homies, for pulling up to the podcast and sitting down with us. These cats is two of the most solid dudes I've known, man, and I wish them all the success in the future. I can't wait to see what they're going to do next, and hopefully we can have them back on the podcast down the line to catch up. Tune in next week where we have Pizza Enthusiast, the trainer behind the training for the professional wrestling debut of Kane Velasquez, Lucha Underground star, and in my opinion, first round ballot Hall of Famer, West Coast legend, forget the West Coast, he's just a legend, Vinny Massaro is going to come on and he's going to sit down with us for a great, great time. Well, that's all the time we got for today. Before you leave, check us out on all forms of social media. That's straight out of the bodega on Instagram. That's straight out of the bodega on Facebook and on Twitter. Are you ready? I am. It's at S-T-R-8-O-U-T-D-A-B-O-D-E-G-A. Man, that at. I think I'm in love. Anyway, before you leave, go ahead and check me out on all forms of social media as well. Papa Wesco on Instagram, Papa Wesco on Facebook, Papo underscore Esco on Twitter. On behalf of the podcast, I am your master of ceremonies, the bully from the bodega, the lucha thug, the one-man lucha gang, El Rey Gordo himself, the king fat boy Papo Wesco. We out.